Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Bear Down Bears fans, we're going to get into the latest press conferences from the Chicago Bears today. Talk about some improvements that the Bears can make heading into Minnesota from the Giants game and break down Nikhil Harry working his way back from IR and Cody Whitehair going to IR. All that and more in today's episode of the Windy City Breeze Sports Talk Daily. Let's go. Now, if you are new to the channel, please like the video. Please subscribe to the page. We do talk Chicago sports daily on this channel. It's the only channel to talk Chicago sports, how Chicago talks. So make sure that you get in tune with us, man. Uh, Got to go out to the press conferences for Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields today. But before we do that, we do want to let you know this, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dog Whiskey, the most awarded flavored whiskey on the market. They are a supporter of the Windy City Breeze. So make sure to support us and them by checking the link in the description below as we're getting started here um first off how you guys doing today appreciate you guys for showing love to the channel if you haven't hit that like button do that uh had bulls last night right a lot of excitement around the chicago bulls but we've still got to get into our bears we still got to break down what this team is we still got to break down what we're seeing from this team and i mean listen it, it, it a tough loss versus a team that was very beatable in the Giants, right? You end up losing Cody Whitehair, and now we see Cody Whitehair going to IR. So that could be an issue for the team as well. We're going to talk about kind of where we see this offensive line going. Do we see them being able to uh, make improvements, or is this going to be a major step back for them? I mean, it's tough to say it's going to be a major step back with the way that that we've seen them play to this point, right? But it is a it is a deterrent in your run blocking game. Let's go out to uh, Coach Flus and hear what Coach Flus had to say, kind of about white hair, the whole injury situation, bringing the kill Harry back, and just kind of the things that they're working on heading into this week. To our practice squad, uh, Cody Whitehair is going to uh, short term IR. Uh, we're going to start a 21 day window uh, for. Uh, Nikhil Harry uh, today. Um, he's going to be going through individual, you know, and moving around there and then getting back with the strict staff after that. And then uh, I think that's all I have. So, so uh, today we uh, outlined our game plan and our uh, for the Minnesota Vikings uh, relative to the entire game plan, but uh, uh, really the first and second down uh, stuff that we do on Wednesday. And uh, just had a nice walk throughout there. Obviously, it's a beautiful day. Uh, so we're going to be uh, – uh, getting after it, we're going to take our pads off uh, after we do punt uh, today, uh, just as a uh, for keep the guys fresh. So we'll go all the way through punt team, uh, individual punt team to get the rushes there, and then we'll go uh, take the pads off and go to shells uh, from that point. Uh, very similar schedule to last week, a little bit shorter. We knocked off 15 minutes uh, for this practice, and then about 15 minutes on tomorrow's practice as well. 
uh, to get the guys uh, fresh for Sunday. But uh, from there, open to questions. Man, are you hopeful for Nikhil Harry playing Sunday, or is that unrealistic? Uh, we'll have to wait and see where he is. You know, if he's doing well, there's potentially that. But uh, again, it's 21 days. We'll we'll figure that out as we go. But uh, we like where he is right now for sure. Man, as an extension of that, if he, everything physically looks normal to you, what's the reasonable amount of time that it takes a guy to catch up with timing? With I mean, he obviously didn't practice a lot in training camp, and that is enough to speed with somebody. Yeah, I, I think you got to evaluate that as it goes. You know, for me to say, hey, it takes 14 days or 17 days, I think it would be unfair. You know, so it could take less than that. You know, I don't know. Um, but uh, we'll see how he picks it up. I know he's been engaged, you know, in the meetings and engaged in the, in the you know, the game plans as we've been going. So uh, that's been great. And uh, we'll see where it goes. You said you like where he... Between Harry being able to come back after being gone and a rookie like Bayless being able to get in on offensive stuff when he's been gone. Um, I think it's on a case-to-case basis based on the person, you know, based on the player, um, really. You said you like where he is right now. Where is he right now? What can he do right now that you, you – Just a, really just in terms of his movement. You know, he's been working with the strength staff, getting ready to go, you know, um, off to the side. And now we're going to see him actually work an individual. So that's a, that's a positive thing, just in terms of his movement where he is right now. What were you guys envisioning for him when you had him back when he was healthy and he was really part of things? I mean, how central – to the plan, was he? No, I mean, you know, obviously when you have a big-bodied receiver like that, that's, you know, open and got a good catch radius and can big body guys, uh, that's a that's an important thing to have. Um, you know, in situational football, third down and red zone, those are all, you know, important things to, you know, to look at when you're looking at catchers. Um, and, and he certainly has that. Do you still think that Cody's injury is not season-ending? Yes. Yep. as a staff in trying to determine how much attention to pay to him with an offense that can hurt you in other ways too. Yeah, that's you know when you got a team that has two good runners, you know, you know really good runners that are that are good really good players, um, you know, and then the action off of that, you know, then you have another receiver on the other side. Um, and then you're dealing with a, a number one Jefferson, you know, that's obviously a big big issue, you know, and that's always uh, something that you have to weigh. You know, are you going to uh, do certain things to, to to double and stop and get guys underneath and all the things that you do to a number one receiver. Um, so it's always a balance. It's always a balance. I think you got to pick and choose uh, when you do it. Um, and I think, but you have to do it for sure. Specifically in the run defense, do you want to see things improve so that Dalvin Cook doesn't do what Saquon Barkley did? Yeah, just consistency. You know, just consistency of our technique. Um, you know. You know, we've had good defenses in the past that have been top five, uh, number one uh, in run defense. That's what we've done. Uh, we've had guys where they're supposed to be. They're violent. They play with good technique, and uh, and that's where we're working to. And uh, we certainly have a lot of work to do. Are there, are there more? The majority of the players in Minnesota have been there longer than this new staff. Do you have to... I guess look back at older film to know like what the running group is capable of because they're not running the ball the same in like with the same philosophy the way that they did it in previous seasons. Like, do you have to kind of look back at like history versus now, knowing what all they could do to attack this team? Yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of things. You know, you, you have to certainly look at where you know Kevin's from. Obviously, the Rams system. You know, you look at that. Um, you look at uh, past tape because you're looking at players. You know, like the center or or whoever that is uh, that's been in there in the past, you know, and the running style of the runners, 
um, I think you have to look at it all. Um, but, uh, you know, whenever you're work, looking at a scheme, you got four games in now. You know, so this is what these people are comfortable doing. Certainly they're going to change it, you know, with motions, shifts, formations, you know, like everybody does. Uh, but they're starting to hone in what they like. Are there more good receivers now than there have been in the past? And if so, why? General? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Uh, just because I think the, uh, you know, the college game, the way it is, I think everybody's been playing receiver. You know, uh, I think as a young age, they come up playing receiver, you know, and, you know, you're sitting there and you're a, a kid, you know, a guy that's in grade school, you know, hey, you want to play receiver or defensive back, you know, and which one did you choose, you know, so. Um, but those guys are getting drafted high now. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a premium position for sure, and it's an impactful position. Concussions in the news after the Tua injury, Tua injury last week. Um, were there additional conversations over the weekend or this week between you, between coaches and staff and players, just about being you know more cautious with diagnosing those? I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously that's terrible what happened, uh, you know. But uh, we're always mindful of that, you know, of us guys, you know, with Justin to slide early and, and do things like that and do and protect himself, and he's done a decent job with that. Um, Certainly, we're always concerned when he gets on the edge and making sure he protects himself. But it's always an issue. You know, we want to uh, do a good job on our defense to make sure we're not we're not doing and committing those fouls. We want to be clean. We don't ever want to give him any 15 yards, and we certainly don't want to ever hurt anybody. So, um, we want to do a good job with that as well as coaching on our whole team. Coach, with all due respect to the Texans and the Giants, is there a greater sense of urgency to get Jalen back this week, considering the offensive firepower that you're facing? Yeah, anytime you can get a good player like that back, you know, that can cover really well, um, that would be good, you know, if we can get that done. So we're, we're again, he's day by day. We'll see where it is, but uh, we're, we're, we'll see. Another question for you about Nikhil Harry. I mean, does he, is he unique on this roster? Do you have anyone else at receiver that can do what he does, or is that a, a new element that you'd be adding into the passing game? No, I think he is unique. I, I think he is. I think all the guys are. You know, everybody's got a different skill set. Everybody, you know, runs differently. Everybody gets open differently. Um, and I think he's got a unique skill set. Like I said, he's a big body guy that's that's open like a like a tight end. You know, tight ends are typically open because they got smaller guys covering them. Their catch radius is there. They can big body guys. They can use their their radius to be able to stay open and keep open. So I, I think he has all that. Justin, how do you balance? when it's appropriate to run versus when it's appropriate to pass, especially when he can be so successful running. But I imagine that, you know, there were a couple instances the other day where if he had thrown it, it would have been a bigger gain. How do you talk to him about that sort of thing? Yeah, I just think it's on a clock. You know, you're back there on a clock, and you know when the timing and the rhythm is of that particular pass play, and then when it's not there, he just uses his legs, you know, if if he has it, you know. And and, uh, he's done that to a, a, you know, good. Uh, You know, he's done it really well. So, uh but, uh, yeah, that's what I would say about that. You both can come in here on Fridays and talked about really good red zone practices and that sort of thing. Is, yeah. there, is there something you're seeing that maybe isn't translating from what they're able to do on the practice field and then what isn't able to be? Yeah, started? we just certainly have to improve on that. You know, it's about scoring. This league's about scoring touchdowns. And, uh, you know, defensively we're doing okay right now. Um, but uh, offensively we need to improve that percentage. Uh, but uh, again, the practices just have to translate. You know, it's been good red zone practices. We got good schemes down there, and uh, you know, it just has to translate to the game now. What needs to improve with your wide receivers as you've studied the tape? You know, Mooney, St. Brown, Pettis. What do you need to see improvement on from those guys? Yeah, I would just say continued improvement on the on the rhythm and timing of it. You know, you, we got Mooney uh, going last week. 
Um, you know, St. Brown's been, you know, has done a good job to this point. Uh, we just got to continue the whole group, you know, really just the rhythm and timing of the passing game. And I think it's improving. You know, I see it in practice. I know we saw glimpses of it last week. So, uh, so we're, it's, a, it's a work in progress, but it's improving. Eddie's hitting a stride right now, or do you see him hitting a stride? Yeah, he's hitting a stride. He has played really well over the first uh, four games. And really, I just I go back to what I think I said a couple weeks ago about his training camp. Man, he worked. He worked. He never missed a day. I think if he did, I don't remember. But uh, he is uh, in his best shape of his life. Uh, he really bought into it. Uh, he's taking great angles. He's tackling well. Um, he's obviously ball hawking, you know, uh, understands the, the big part of the field there. Um, he blitzed well the other day, you know, so he's doing everything you ask a safety to do. And uh, he, he's been a, a nice, nice, uh, nice uh, thing to see for me, you know, from just working with him. It's, it's been a joy. Is there anything for Dylan? Yeah. Is that more Yeah, I saw him do some of that last year. He was down a little bit last year and made some plays on the line. So I think he's good at that. He's, he's, He's an all-around safety to me. You know, he can he can play the deep part of the field, come down and blitz. We saw that, and also he can play close to the line of scrimmage. And he's really good at manning. You know, he manned that receiver. We had that pressure last week. He had manned the receiver, had you know, poised through the down, and ended up breaking that pass up. So um, he can do a lot of things. Have you seen Cooper Cousins perform in this new system that they're in? Um, it's very similar to the last system uh, he was in. I know the verbiage is different, and you know, it's uh, it's a different you know style. Uh, but uh, you know, in terms of the wide zone and the play action and, and the you know the you know basic tree, it's really the, you know, the same coming from the same tree. So I don't think it's that far uh, different for him. When you have a, when you have a particular player on your defense that's just struggling a little bit, do you conceptually do things as a collective to try and help that player, or do you just encourage that player to be better than? I think you got to do both. You know, if you can do some things to help that guy, if he's, you know, if he is, um, you can help him with coverage. You can help him with, you know, um, you know, if it's a defensive lineman, you can help him with his technique. Um, but I think it's both. You got to help. You got to help guys the best way you can as a coach. That was Coach Fluce breaking down uh, what he's got going on to get prepared for Sunday uh, versus the Minnesota Vikings. You got a very tough matchup, especially for this Bears team who struggled against the run defense um, or, or who struggled to play really good run defense, right? And so you're going up against one of the teams that are one of the better running teams in the NFL, have one of the better running backs in the NFL. So there, there's a lot that's going to go into Sunday, right? Got a little bit of news on on Cody White here there coming out of it. And I, I think that's one thing, right, that you really have to focus in on um, because that is important. That That's really important that the Bears lost Cody White here. That's a big loss for this team because to me, right, like I think you're talking about a, a player that – Wow, yeah, he may not be the end-all, be-all. He may not be the best left guard uh, uh, um, in the NFL, right? He's solid. He's a solid piece at that position. He's a piece at that position that you can feel good about. He's a piece at that position that, to me, you can feel like, okay, the, we're moving in – or we we have a, a consistent line, um, and we have veterans on that line that are going to be able to make plays, right? Like, that's kind of what it comes down to to me. And that's why I really like the fact that – the Bears had a guy, a veteran guy like Cody Whitehair in there. Now, with with all the offensive line flux that they've already had, right, all the issues that they've already talked about, all of the problems that have already gone into what the Bears are doing currently, 
at the offensive line, you got to look at it and say, yeah, that's a big loss for the Chicago Bears team because now you still have that flux that's there, right? But we still have that. We don't know why they don't like Tevin Jenkins. I, I've watched Tevin Jenkins tape. I, I, you guys have watched Tevin Jenkins tape. We've all watched Tevin Jenkins tape to this point. We're trying to figure out what he's doing wrong because to me, even when he got in the game, even after being benched, he still looked like the best offensive lineman on the field. And guess what? Talent-wise, we've heard that he's the best offensive lineman that's currently on this team and yet he's the one that continues to end up go further and further down the depth chart he's going to be on the, he didn't even start right you had Lucas Patrick starting at right guard all until uh Cody Whitehair gets hurt goes on the IR then he moves over to left guard and uh, uh um you you got you have to bring in Tevin Jenkins at that right guard position that there, there's you already had enough issues there that this Cody Whitehair thing, while, you know, talent-wise, it may not end up being a big loss, right? Lucas Patrick, while he did struggle at that left guard position woefully, if you go back and watch the All-22, um, he was he was getting manhandled, basically. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the hand issue. I don't know if it, I, I don't know why, but you can just tell, right, that Tevin Jenkins is the best offensive lineman out there. And if you don't have him out there, that's going to create, or if you don't have Cody Whitehair out there, it's going to create even more issues because now Tevin's back in the starting lineup anyway, right? So there's there's so many question marks with this offensive line, especially in pass pro. And you're going up against a Vikings team that's going to try to get after you. They're going to try to get back there. We, we've seen every team do it every week. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to put eight in the box. We're going to put nine in the box. You know why? Because there's nothing you can do to stop that pressure coming. And all the Bears have done lately has been run straight into that pressure. Keep just going forward. Just try and push through. Which, listen, in some games, it was fine. Versus the Packers, versus their eight-man front, we were still getting 8.9 yards a carry. Right? Like, there was still some good that went into that. But uh, last week, right, versus the versus the Giants, you saw it in it. It wasn't working out in the Bears' favor. And so Flus has a lot on his plate coming into this week, especially just the offensive line, especially protecting your young quarterback. And I think the thing that you saw was just, listen, you've got – now you're now at a point right where I, I don't think Lucas Patrick is actually as bad as he looked in the game. I think he was put in a little bit of a different position. But Sam Mustafer's awful. He's he's awful. He's bad at his job. My, there's no way to say it. Multiple weeks in a row, we saw this last week. He's if 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 I'm gonna be nice, he's a backup, and that's being very nice. He's a backup center, and that's being very nice. He's 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 your sixth offensive lineman. And I'm gonna be real with you. I, I'd have been fine with keeping Schofield or one of those guys over him, right? Like, I, and so it, it's one of those things to me where it's like, listen, I want to see the Bears do more with the line. I think Braxton Jones, when you when you go into the draft, right? I think he's a pretty good player, but I think when you go into the draft, you just kind of have to deal with some of those bugs that come with it. Guess what? You're gonna have young guys that have to take time to develop. Braxton Jones has had some ups and downs back out there, but I, the problem is he hasn't been the worst, right? Like if he was the worst left tackle out there, I'd be like, ah, well, or if he was the worst player on that offensive line, I'd be like, well, you know, he's a rookie. That makes sense. But the veteran guys have been the worst. Sam Mustafer has been the worst, right? Like, uh, uh, um, Larry Borum's had some ups and downs out there. So I think to me, right, the Bears have to figure out this offensive line first and foremost. Or and, and it only gives you one of two options to me. You have to either 
say we're going there's going to be some lumps here justin you're going to have to take some lumps we want you to drop back we're going to try and set some things up for you to drop back we're going to have cole in there we're going to play max protect we're going to do everything we can to to keep you as protected as possible and see if you can pass the ball or you try and go with what works at a minimum, I think if you're going to go pass at all, we I, and I don't understand Luke Getzey's kind of like what chagrin. Is that the right word? I, I don't understand his like his off putting uh, uh, attitude towards having Justin under center. Like anytime Justin's under center, right? It's the only time you get to see that I formation. It's the only time you get to see blazing game in the game. It's the only time, right? Like I, I think those are the play action plays you really want to work, especially with a struggling offensive line. You you want as many guys in there protecting Justin as possible. And yeah, under center, while your center is pretty terrible and it may not help you, shotgun might help you a little bit more in that situation. I think it, it offers a little bit more room for a little bit of uh, uh, um confusion it offers a little bit more room for a little bit more surprise right if he's in shotgun <coughs> excuse me if justin is in shotgun and he goes play action and the center falls down it doesn't matter but if he's under center you go back you turn around maybe sam mustafer doesn't hold up his block like i kind of expect him to blazing games right there gives you a little chip allows justin to use the legs get a little bit more away right like you're adding blockers into the situation to help you out and you you're able to go into that eye formation and have a little bit more trickery i don't think the bears and, and i'm not saying i want too much i don't want matt Nagy back in here right like let's play football simple here i like the fact that the bears are able to run but and and i want the bears to continue to run because it's the only thing the offensive line is good at but you do have to to figure out kind of how to get just in those 20 to 25 passes like i talked about you have to protect him for him to have those right like he got 22 passes off he got seven knockdowns sunday or i'm sorry nine knockdowns sunday six pressures allowed by sam mustafer alone and he got sacked six times like that's not your recipe for success the the, the one thing that you don't want to do and we, we kind of saw it start to happen right is now you got justin out there seeing ghosts now you got Justin out there, drop back, snap the ball. Pocket's okay, but he feels like the pocket's going to collapse because the pocket's been collapsing on him all day. So guess what? He takes off. Yeah, he does get a gain. He does make it happen, but it's tough for, and I love this, right? Like all of the, all of the quarterback whispers out there that are, that now have access to the all 22, all of the quarterback gurus out there that now are looking at the all 22 and they're just like, Justin, you have to remain in that pocket. Well, you're not sitting there taking the seven hits that came before that when you're saying he has to remain in that pocket, right? That's the part to me that you have to adjust your thinking on. Yeah, Justin, I would love to see Justin hang in that pocket, but I understand why, the, why he's getting the heck out of there. Because that offensive line hasn't held up. And so, again, the loss of Cody White here is going to be big. Now, getting Nikhil Harry back, I think that that helps this team a lot. If he can come in and be the player that they hope he, that uh, uh, New England hoped he was when they drafted him. There's still a lot of ifs on that. This team is built on questions. This entire season is going to be questions, question marks, question marks, question marks. The thing that you, the thing that you want to see, yeah, I want to see uh, 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 Nikhil Harry come out off of IR and kill it. And hopefully he is able to get back Sunday again. It's a 21-day process, which Flus was talking about. Um, basically, they're going to work him back in over the course of 21 days. If he's ready to go, they'll put him out there. If he's not ready to go, they won't. You know what I'm saying? But there's a 21-day process that kind of goes into it. 
I would love to see Nikhil Harry out there for this game, but I don't know how this is going to go. But I think the thing is, right, you don't you almost want to kind of like I don't want to over prepare if he's healthy enough to go. If he feels good, right, that's the most important thing. But I think that's one where you just want to get a guy out there that can play. You don't want to over prepare to me because in my opinion, right, that's the moment where you can see if there is a connection, if there is a spark, if Justin is able to find that guy, right? Nikhil Harry, very quick, big body guy. He's going to be able to get out, get out there and get big on smaller DBs, right? Like that's the big body that you hope that you needed and you hope that that trade works out. Granted, you only said the six for it. It's fine. It's not the end of the world, but you hope that that's a trade that works out for you in the end, because that would be a great asset to the rest of this season. But here's the problem. Again, we're back to the offensive line doesn't help you if Justin's on his back the one thing that I like about Nikhil Harry is the speed the size the ability to get open all of that makes a big difference because now maybe it takes a little bit of pressure off of Darnell Mooney even he's able to do something and if that line does break down Justin is a superior athlete Justin is a great player yes that line, we saw that line break down consistently in New York but guess what Justin rolling out missing pressure he's trying to find guys but he can't find anybody that can hold on to the football and with all that said, I think the passing game played better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think that that's something to really key in on that if, whenever we do get Nikhil Harry back, and maybe it won't be this week, right? Like you, you try to bring guys back on a week where they have their best chance of being successful. Um, and I, I just don't see that being this week against the the Minnesota Vikings now the Vikings are a team that the Bears seem to play really well whenever they play them but this is a very different Bears team um but just looking at the Bears schedule right might hold them out versus the Vikings they said 21 days right hold them out versus the Vikings hold them out versus the Commanders guess what 21 days would put you at Monday Night Football versus the New England Patriots his former team you know that's probably what they're eyeballing there you want to get you want to get the emotions involved you want to get the best play out of them that you can you know what I'm saying that's a couple of weeks and here's the thing at this point now you're talking about okay I, they have no choice you can hate Cody or you can hate Tevin Jenkins all you want he's got to be out there so you've at least got a solid player at your right guard position moving forward I think that helps bore him out there at right tackle a little bit more your center it, it's it's bad um we need to get to the point where Lucas Patrick can snap the ball I don't know when that's going to happen I I'm hoping that we're still moving in the right direction for that but he needs to be your set we saw him snapping right like I, there's no way and, and that's the weird part to me too and 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 the evaluation from some of the coaching staff right like we saw we we've seen him snapping We've seen him on the field doing things that a center would do, but the coaching staff is sticking with Sam Mustafer. There's no way you're looking at Sam Mustafer in practice and on the field and saying, no, he's got it. Like, what are you seeing? There's no way, right? Like, I, so I don't know. Um, the, but the offensive line, that's going to be a major issue. I, I think the biggest thing is, right, you want to see Nikhil Harry come back at a time where maybe he's able to just kind of put his emotions into the game a little bit more and just attack, attack. Maybe you want to get him back in the game early, but you got a couple of nice defenses coming up over the next couple of weeks with Washington and with uh, Minnesota, and they can put you in a real bad position real quick, right? Like we could be talking about we're two and two right now. Um, I believe I picked us to lose to Minnesota. Um, I'm, I'm kind of sticking with that, unfortunately, 
heading into the week. I don't think that I saw enough out of this Bears defense to feel good about them stopping Delvin Cook in the slightest. I mean, let's be 110% honest about this defense that we're seeing, right? Even in our wins, they have been gashed, gashed by the run. Week one, 176 yards to the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, they lost their top running back in that game. Week two, uh, 203 yards allowed by the for the Green Bay Packers, who were basically just like, we're going to kill you with the dual threat of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Oh, by the way, week three, this is your best week of the entire season. 92 rushing yards given up to the Houston Texans. That's still a lot of rushing yards. We've just given up so many rushing yards outside of that that it doesn't feel like that much. And then, of course, right last week to Saquon Barkley, the Bears gave up 262 rushing yards. Not to Saquon specifically, but just in general. So the Bears... I have no faith coming into this week that you're going to slow down Delvin Cook. I have no faith coming into this week. That that front seven has been atrocious at getting into the backfield. Um, it, it's The Bears have been really bad at containing the edges. The Bears have been really bad at uh, um, tackling in general, right? Like, I... I I, I will say the one thing that killed you last week was that was the play action um, where Daniel Jones literally was just doing the quarterback keeper and keeping it. I understand that a little bit more, no matter who's got the ball. And yes, it does suck to see. Yes, it does suck when guys are able to get that off. But let's be real. Right. And we experienced this Chicago. No matter who's got the ball, you're paying attention to the to the big name running back. I don't care how many times Danny Dimes has the ball running around. All that, you're paying attention to Saquon Barkley because he's the guy that you know can destroy you every single play. So that you're gonna pay attention to Saquon. That's why Danny Dimes had that opportunity. Why? Why wouldn't there a spy on him? Because your best player that has to watch Saquon would also have to be the spy for Danny Dimes, right? Like so, it, it, it's one of those things to me where I I understand. The struggle that the Bears went through last week doesn't excuse giving up 262 rushing yards, but I get right like why they were focused on Saquon more than they were on Daniel Jones. Um, coming into this week, though, there's there's no faith in, in to me that you're going to be able to slow down the run, and and that's what makes Kirk Cousins the most dangerous. Kirk Cousins is his most dangerous when his running game is working. Because he gets to stand back there and just, okay, the running game's working. You're focused on that. I can just throw this in here and get the job done, right? Like now, the one, the one, the only feather in the Bears cap right now, uh, I guess a couple of feathers in the Bears cap right now, at least defensively that you feel. Um, Roquan Smith looks like he's making a million tackles every week, so that's good to see. And Eddie Jackson seems like he's back. Eddie Jackson, what he's got? He's got one forced fumble. He's got four interceptions through five weeks of football. Definitely feels like Eddie Jackson's back to being a ball hawk. To me, that says a lot about what Jaquan brisker brings to the to the field i'm not mad uh, I, brisker's gonna have his ups and downs kyler gordon's gotta be much 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 better him and bill door doing the spider-man meme out here where they just pointing at each other and i think the other thing is right you're really just hoping that you can get jalen johnson back versus justin jefferson otherwise it's gonna be a long week for you um in minnesota and i think it might be a long week even if jalen johnson is back so there's a lot to look to um, with this Bears team that that brings you a little bit of concern as you're getting ready to finish out this season, right? Like, or, or finish out this season. We're, we're halfway through. As you're getting ready to finish out this week heading and heading uh, to Minnesota. So hopefully the Bears are able to kind of figure it out, man. Hopefully Justin Fields 
Um, I, I like the direction that the passing game went in, and, and we can hear from Justin Fields as well because he he talked at the podium today as well, um, kind of about the passing game. And and Justin's very like, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job. It definitely feels like he's just trying to bide his time until he's able to get the pieces on the team that he feels confident about. So we'll listen in on Justin Fields' uh, press conference. But before we do that, man, I do want to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by Bird Dog Whiskey, most awarded flavored whiskey and official drink of the Windy City Breeze. In 2010, Bird Dog pioneered the flavored whiskey category. Since that time, Bird Dog has been upholding and trailblazing the space year after year. Me and Kid have personally enjoyed the peach flavor while watching the Chicago Bears win, lose, or draw, and we want you to be able to do the same. So check the link in the description below to see what, where you can buy your favorite flavors of Bird Dog whiskey. And I'm telling you, man, they got some great flavors up there. I love the apple. I, I'm a big fan of the peach peanut butter actually and i'm not a fan of peanut butter whiskey like that i'm a big fan of bird dogs um the peach is probably my favorite it's probably my go-to if i'm gonna get anything but i i i'm like i said major fan of a bird dog whiskey and appreciate them for supporting the windy city breeze so make sure that you guys support me and bird dog by checking the link in the description below clicking on that link and um going out there and grabbing you a bottle man appreciate you guys for showing love let's listen in on justin fields he had a press conference today as well breaking down kind of what he's expecting going into minnesota and and just talking about um, where, kind of where this offense is. Justin, what needs to happen to get more red zone success for you guys offensively? I mean, I think last, this past week was the only you know, week we really didn't, you know, uh, do what we wanted to do in the red zone. But um, just execution from everybody on the offense. And that's basically it. Once we get that, then we'll be good. You were throwing like 20 plays without throwing in the red zone. How do you what? make sense of that? I think you threw on your first red zone play of the season, and I think it was like 22 runs. Mm -hmm. What do you make of that? Uh, doing my job. About it. What would the addition of a big body receiver like Nikhil Harry do for you to know that you have that as an option? Yeah, um, you know, he would, uh, of course, be a you know good matchup for smaller DBs, you know, one-on-one, one-on-one, uh, uh, especially red zone, just throwing up a you know jump ball to him. Uh, that's one of the things he's... He does really well, so uh, you know, just uh, being able to just throw up more 50-50 balls. What's the process for you with him in the coming days and maybe coming weeks of just trying to accelerate getting back on the timing and, and feeling him out? It's been you know two plus months since you, you've been throwing to him. Uh, yeah, just reps. Um, you know, communicating with him uh, how he runs routes. Um, you know what I'm thinking uh, on certain you know leverages of DBs and stuff like that. So basically just. You know, just reps and, you know, just being on the same page as him. How much did you and him establish during the short time that you guys did have working together? A good bit. And does is he does he add something in the sense that because of his size, you could you can always throw to him no matter how covered he is? And just uh, the fact that he can use his body to? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he has a bigger frame, so you can definitely, you know, uh, he can definitely, you know, block off some DBs from the backside. satisfied with your decisions on when to scramble versus when to throw in general? Uh, I mean, you know, for the most part, I mean, sometimes, you know, you're going to have you know, guys open. Uh, sometimes, you know, you're not going to make the you know, perfect decision every time. And, you know, you just got to uh, live by that and just move on to the next play. The fact that you've been so successful scrambling, does that affect your decision making at all? In, in um, I try not to make it too, yeah. um, you know, so, with the Marie's and, 
know, if I need to get out of the pocket, just get out of the pocket. Is that hard with human nature, knowing that, you know, if you are running at a pretty good clip to, to not pull it down there? Uh, I mean, no, not really. I think every play is different. So, you know, just evaluating each play. Uh, you know, if it's a, a certain play and, uh, you know, guys aren't there, of course, and I'm going to have to get out of the pocket, so. And on the four verticals play, uh, Matt Eberflus told us the other day that when they're, when you see a cover two like that, that you're supposed to either check it down or run, that that was like the rule for that play, but also it pointed out that like Mooney was open. Can you walk us through kind of the split second decision that you would have to make in order to adjust from that instead of scrambling? Uh, I mean, Moon, yeah, Mooney ran the, uh, how we ran that play last year. So um, the number three receiver, if we get that coverage, he would take the middle of the field last year, but this year we're getting over uh, to the other side of it, like it would be two out of two, and then just hitting that same uh, landmark from three by one. But uh, that play, that coverage, um, mo most likely thinking, you know, one-on-one -on -one with the back check down, and, of course, me scrambling. Uh, so I was just doing what I was told. Are you watch this, that safety, 48, or whoever it was, is he determined where you go with that? Yeah, just depending on, you know, who chooses. But it's just that play, you know, you have a, you have a lot of plays, and, you know, that play when we get that coverage, we're thinking most likely thinking back, check down, and then of course there's a wide up, open lane, third and eight, so we're gonna go get the first down. Within, within the game, what were some of the positive moments that, um, that you picked out of there and, and said, okay, this is something that we can take forward with us? Uh, yeah, you know, I thought throughout the game, you know, there were some plays where the O line did a great job protecting. I mean, I didn't feel anything um, on some play action passes, and then. Just you know, taking those and just taking the positive runs we had, the positive explosives we had, and you know, just trying to build on those. Has the play action game been as as successful as you thought it would be, just in terms of what's called and how it's how it's being executed? Uh, I think when it's called, it's you know, we're we're pretty good at it. So, yeah. Justin, with the concussions kind of in the news this week after what happened with Tua last week, when you see a, him take a hit like that. Does that make you think a little bit more about protecting yourself? And then, um, you know, as a guy who's kind of famously played through injuries and, and pain and stuff like that, what's the balance between, um, you know, wanting to play through stuff and then also, but also wanting to protect you? I think, I think a head injury is different than, you know, a physical injury. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's like a totally different aspect. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think at all times you have to think about protecting yourself for sure. But Justin Fields um, just kind of talking about basically how he feels this offense is going, how he feels uh, he's being impacted and, and how he how he's seeing, you know, things on the field. Um, I, I, I really like when he breaks down kind of like his feelings on the plays that work and the plays that don't work. You heard him talking there about the play action. He said, I feel like when we run the play action, we're pretty good at it. Uh, it's something that we can hang our hat on. It's something that we can feel good about, right? Like I, I think that, you do want to see more of that, especially with the run game that the Bears have shown, right? Like the Bears, the Bears are now known as the team that's going to sell out on the run. What does that mean? You're going to have times where those guys blitz. You're going to have those play action opportunities and you got to, you get, you can attack that blitz pretty much right over the top right now. The question mark again, going to be how often is Justin Fields getting pressured? I believe ESPN put out the stat uh, last week that on, uh, 
his dropbacks, he was pressured on 48% of it. I think PFF put it out as 51%. Either way, one out of two times Justin Fields was dropping back, he was getting pressured, uh, and that makes a big difference. But I think, right, that play action is something that you can get working. You you want to get that underneath uh, um, target there, and that's tough to do if you've got commit blocking. But I think that, right, like that play action is so big for the Bears' success because teams believe that you're running at every play. Teams believe that no matter what, we understand what their strength is. They've run for 246 yards, 282 yards, 200. Right. The Bears have run for 200 yards multiple times. This offensive line has done a really good job run blocking. But at the end of the day, it's just not how you're going to get down the field. And I think the interesting thing that, that he brought up, right, and I want Bears fans to kind of go back and look at things outside of the scope of just um, last week. Yeah, last week was bad, 100%. Shouldn't have lost to the Giants. Very winnable game. Got to get in the end zone. You got down in the red zone four times and you didn't get in the end zone one time. That's bad, right? It, it just is. But the Bears have scored touchdowns this year. It's not like last season. It's not like when Matt Nagy was here. The Chicago Bears have scored multiple touchdowns in a game. Chicago Bears have had games where they've had three touchdowns in a game, right? Like, it, it's not just – it's not – the same as it was under Matt Nagy, where it was kicking a field goal every single week, where it was kicking field goals every single drive down the field, or not even getting to the point where you could kick a field goal. I think the Bears only punted twice in that entire game versus the Giants, right? So, like, you you look at things, and it, to me, I'm looking at those, and I'm saying those are improvements for the Chicago Bears, and let's keep building on that. As you head into Minnesota, let's keep building on that. If you get into that red zone, you got to finish it off. The one thing that I can say about this Bears team right is that while the growth may be small I am seeing growth it, it, it's not huge growth every week it's not giant steps every week because you don't have the talent right now to take giant steps every week you don't have the talent on this team to take leaps and bounds every single week maybe when Nikhil Harry comes back you'll get a bit of a shot in the arm because he's going to be able to come out and be that big body receiver that everybody thought he was going to be out of college but you don't have the talent on your team currently for you to take these leaps and bounds steps week by week right you don't I mean listen even teams that maybe do have have the talent don't have that ability every week right trevor lawrence two weeks ago dominant looked like it finally clicked boom here we go drop back making a pass killing it last week mr fumble ruski what he lose four fumbles during the game right like so football's a game of ups and downs there's going to be a lot of weeks where there's good there's going to be a lot of weeks where there's bad there's going to be weeks where we feel great about this team there's going to be weeks where we feel terrible about this team welcome to a rebuilding season you knew what was coming Welcome to another rebuilding year. We knew what was coming. Is it going the way? I swear, and I, I've said this, right? Like, I'm, I'm not saying that if I, I look at Detroit and I say, hey, like, that's where I want, uh, or that's not the offense that I want to see my team have. But I mean, bro, like, I swear people really just want to see 45 points on the board and a loss. Which, yeah, I mean, listen, it would make me feel better about Justin Fields. It would make me feel better about this offense, but it doesn't make me feel better about the team. My goal at the end of the day with this Bears team, and yes, I do want to see a good offense before it's all said and done, but my goal is to see this Bears team be a consistent winner. How do you build a consistent winner? How do we get good on both sides? How do we grow on both sides of the ball? How do we find good players on both sides of the ball? You got to get that talent in here. 
when the Bears are finally able to find that talent, I think that you will see them take off. And yeah, I, I know there's a lot of people that may grud, begrudge how uh, Ryan Poles handled this offseason, but I'm looking at okay, we've got a baseline here. Can we be mediocre? Right now, we've been mediocre. You, you've been the epitome of mediocre. Literally two and two, running the ball crazy well, still can't pass. You've been the Bears. You've been the Bears. Takeaways, running the ball, mediocre passing game, below average passing game some weeks, well below average passing game some weeks, not even going to the passing game some weeks, middling. You've been the Bears. Now, how do we build on that? Because the last couple of years, we weren't even the Bears. We were just a team that was like, drop back, throw it. There's no time. Doesn't matter. Throw it. Put it up there. So it's about finding a way to continue to take steps in the right direction. And here's another week to build off of it, right? You're going up against Minnesota. You're going into this week um, definitely as the underdog, right? And you, and you have to figure out. I, I think the one thing that the Bears have to figure out, and the most important thing, is tackling. Defensively, they got to figure out how to tackle. Hey, the, last week didn't look as good at all defensively. I, the, the defense probably looked the worst that it's looked the entire season, but... In previous weeks, I've said this multiple times. The players know what the play is. The players know where they're supposed to be. Nicholas Morrow's calling out plays. Roquan Smith directing guys, get over here. You're, you're going to this gap. You're going to hit him. He's going to be right there. Boom. Hey, you you get here. He's going to be in the C gap. Hey, Jalen, play up. Eddie Jackson, you cover this, right? Jalen Johnson. Uh, give like, like The Bears have known where they had to be. There's just been a deficiency in tackling, which leads to what? You're talking about, again, a deficiency in talent. Now, some of your guys that are supposed to have talent also were missing tackles. That's a problem that we'll talk about as well. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, right, the big thing that I really want to see from the Chicago Bears team is just can you figure out how to make the simple simple? The Bears have got the complex down, which is wild to say. All these crazy routes that they try to put in and all these crazy defensive schemes that they're trying to they, – they've got that part down, but they don't tackle. Or when Justin makes some crazy play with his legs and he puts the ball up there, they don't catch it. You know what I mean? Like the simple parts of the game the Bears are struggling to do. But the more complex parts, it looks like, hey, we know where we should be. It know, we know what we should be doing. We just aren't finishing that off. And that's a part of the step. Guess what? That goes into talent. Guess what? That goes into, into uh, uh, um, development. That goes into playmaking. That goes into finding better players. And we'll see what the, we'll the rest of this year uh, uh, goes, man. We're heading into week five. Uh, I do have the Bears taking an L to the Minnesota Vikings. That will put us at two and three. I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I'm hoping the Vikings are just the Vikings again. They kind of have weeks where they do that, where all of a sudden, right, they're just the Vikings again. And it's like, oh, look, like they still can't play. Um, I'm hoping that's this week because, like I said, the Bears were going to win a game. I said this coming into the season. The Bears were going to win a game they shouldn't have won. To me, that's the San Francisco game. They were going to lose a game they shouldn't have lost. That's your Giants game. Um, I think the rest could be either or. But it goes a long way if you continue to see the growth 
that you saw offensively last week, this week. The worst thing that you could see coming into this week is you revert back. And, and I'm talking about play callers as well. I'm talking about coaching staff as well. You revert back to what we were seeing previously offensively. I think that would be the part that, to me, I would look at and I would be like, come on, dog, you got to do better there. Like, we, we got to do better there. So, I think that, listen, Bears got Bears got an interesting matchup coming up this week against Minnesota. I don't know what I'm going for with score. I'll, I'll kind of wait and see, you know, who's playing, who's going to end up making it onto the um, onto the field Sunday before I come out and give a score. I'll do that before the game on Sunday. But, I mean, at a minimum, right, I, I'm I'm – I'm excited to see, and and there is still some excitement in me with the Bears. I'm excited to see how this team makes a step off of what we just saw. That's all. That's all this season is for me. Can you keep making steps offensively? We saw passes down the field. Fields hit Mooney. Uh, uh, um, you know, Komet got involved a little bit. Can you keep making steps? That's what it comes down to. So it'll be interesting to see Sunday, man. I'll be back live. Uh, if, if any news breaks, I'll be live again today probably, or I'll be back live uh, tomorrow breaking down some of the uh, – um, probably previewing a little Bulls and, break, you know, getting more ready for, for uh, Sunday's game versus the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, as always, man, I appreciate you guys for tuning in and rocking with your boy. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. And if you're listening on the podcast side, leave a five-star review. I do appreciate all the love that you guys show. As always, man, it's your boy, Pat the Designer. Back at it again to continue watching our Chicago Bears content. Click the links on the screen or check the links in the description below. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.